right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here to my left, Mr. DJ Pai. Greetings, aloha. Across, How are you guys? Across the table, Mr. TC. Buenos dias. And uh, making the debut for so far this year on the pod, Mr. Neil Schuster. Thrilled to be here. You ready to talk about your boy, Joe Keen? Um, what, what, what did you guys do this Joe weekend? Keen. Before. It's Keen. It's just Keen now. Okay, we'll are get, we'll get the, there. Are, are you one of those people that, that pronounces Xavier X Xavier? I'm not, no. Okay. But there's certain words I have trouble. I'm glad Solly aired you out on the, the, the DraftKings thing this week because you've been pronouncing him Joaquin Phoenix for a long time too. I know, but that, I want I want to say this phonetically. That's not right either. Phonetically, the J is still silent. So am I saying it wrong? No, yes. the J is the J is you say the Joaquin, J. No, I say Joaquin. <laughs> I don't say Joaquin. You're supposed to say the J. Joaquin. I'm supposed to Noah. say Joaquin. No, it's Joaquin. No, it's Yoki. <laughs> and now he's just keen to me. And keen balled out. All right? He we'll tried to dominate. I thought we could get you like to... to no, like, no, 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 no. I've to go a down a wrong path with it and just convince you forever F- that it was Phonetically, I'm, I'm not saying it, it's not the right way to pronounce his name. You're not saying that he's incorrect about how he pronounces his own name, but... <laughs> no, he's not. But technically, the but, J is still silent. I'm, I'm missing the name, but I'm not that far off. I'm not saying a, Joe Keen. It would be different if I was saying Joe Keen. If you're ever unsure, just go to YouTube and look up the Ed Reed halftime speech. Yeah, exactly. Or just call him Joaquin. Before we get going too far, Kevin Na wins the Sony Open in Hawaii with a bag full of Callaway clubs and an Odyssey Toulon putter. And it's finally time to talk about it. Uh, the new Epic Speed driver from Callaway used artificial intelligence to bring you the future of speed. It contains a jailbreak speed frame, an AI design structure that connects the top and bottom of the driver immediately behind the face, which enhances. Can you help me with this one, TC? Tors- torsional stability and impact. You're the uh, you're the wordsmith. I would assume it's probably uh... torsional. Torsional. That sounds about it's right. It's got to be have something to do with torque or torso. Oh, or something having like trouble that. pronouncing some <laughs> words, are we? Have, have, is it torsional? I don't know. Let's get. Maybe we have to get a second opinion on that word. Here's how it works. It mm, helps did you, you sound it out? Was it phonetically <laughs> correct? There's, there's, I don't know. There's less bulging and twisting going on. It helps you reduce the amount that the driver head twists and deforms when you hit the ball. So that sounds like something everybody would be interested in. Well, let's. I would like some some listeners to, to chime in to see if we we uh, pr- pronounce that one correctly. And thank you for Callaway for putting solid in that position <laughs> this means more energy stays in the driver face and transfers to the golf ball that means more ball speed uh which sounds pretty useful i would say there's a new epic driver for just about everyone they've got all got the jailbreak speed frame uh it, the epic speed is for most players the epic max has additional forgiveness and the better players epic max ls capitalizes on the tour preferred combination of low spin plus high stability so that's, check out epic that's the sub-zero okay year. Check out the epic family of drivers at CallawayGolf.com slash epic. In layman's terms, it's basically the jailbreak going both ways. Okay. The uh, jailbreak going both ways. It's it's a supermax. It's going horizontal and vertical. They're getting out. Everybody's getting out everywhere. Complete Hannibal Lecter situation. They're they're jumping walls on both sides. Unbelievable. But that would mean your golf ball is not going horizontal. It's just going straight. Yeah, because there was there was a bunch of energy diffusing out of the sides and then they realize oh shit we can like tighten that so up you're on the breaking sides out of jail or are they making it more secure i think that's they're making what, it more secure right so that's what i'm saying i, I think i think we got to think about this well i'm excited for the updated color scheme 
The green looks it looks sexy. It does. And I, I'm excited to get my hands on one of these drivers. We're going to do a little more what's in the bag near the end of uh, on the back half of this episode, so stay tuned for that. Kevin Na, I think it took maybe 30 seconds, less than a minute after he had won before I heard the, her, the first, uh, I said it, so <laughs> uh, as many career wins as Ricky Fowler. That's true. Who Five. wants to take it? TC? Yeah, he's got as many career wins as Ricky <laughs> Fowler. I, I'm, I was, I'm not the biggest Kevin Na fan, so. I think. Uh, Is anyone a huge Kevin Na fan? I just feel like he's thirsty. Oh, for sure. I think uh, that's fair. I think uh, he's interesting to watch. You know, I feel like we've kind of well-worn this territory a little bit with Nah winning a couple times the last few years. And it's like, you know, would I rather watch him or, no offense to Brendan Steele, like oh. Brendan Steele run away with it? No, yeah. So we, I'd we, rather watch Kevin off. He flagged it down the stretch. He, he evokes he hit emotion. It great. Yeah, it was. It was. He's twitchy. You know, it's it's fun. To he watch. was a lot more fun to watch when he couldn't pull the trigger, though. Agreed. That was, of course. I have a similar to this group with the boomerang on Web, especially TC. Of you know, used to be some Web haters in this room, kind of boomerang. Like, man, Web's a he's a killer. I'm. I feel that I'm getting that way with Nah. Like, I just res- I respect his game. He keeps delivering what four, one win a year for the last four years. Like he just, he shows up for handles seasons. Uh, not right. sorry, seasons. No, right? He's won like four times in the last. Sin- no, he's last won three once seasons. a year for the last four years. He won twice in twenty nineteen. Once a season. Yeah. season. Once a season. Okay, so it's the Dustin Johnson <laughs> Memorial stat. <laughs> Which, but that's the impressive. reason they're they're able to say he's won for whatever twenty six seasons. I also thought his seasons. his post round comments were like I think he keeps it real in the interviews. He's like, you know, I have to take advantage of a course like this. There's only so many. He's like, last week that course doesn't fit my game, but like this course, I have to. Show up and play well. Kind and of a continuation guy, of Kisner's comments from earlier. I was this say, week. There was a lot of that going around this week. But yeah. a guy that has struggled with not being able to pull the trigger, he seems very conscious of his strengths and weaknesses and willing to talk about it. And I appreciate that about him, even though he can be a cheese dick. And hey. the walk it in stuff, I get tired of a lot of his antics, but I, I do respect him. It's way better to have the narrative around you be about you walking in putts than it was being the slowest player on tour. So For sure. To his credit, it's like a he, big rebrand. He, yeah. a lot of credit. That's <laughs> he, true. He sped up a lot on that. At some point, he's going to try to walk in one of these putts down the stretch of a tournament and then totally miss. Like It's going to happen at some point. But the dude shoots like 99.8% on those. It's remarkable. He's he not like... He's not... He did... I think he missed one when he did the charity thing at uh, uh, Olympia right. Fields, but like... That probably doesn't count one. And it's not like it's a six inches out. He did it, one on, oh, what, a 16 today? Like, down the stretch today, he walked one in from... Kind, yeah, that was 15, less of... That was less of... That was less... Uh, the first one he did proactive. today was good. The, yeah, the first that, one was. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I'll say is a guy that turned pro quickly didn't go to... Did he, not, he didn't go to college, right? Just went pro? Yeah. You see a lot of... Like, when, when we did the topic-based pod about, like, the biggest what, you know, what could have been's. It's like, it's fun. It's nice to see a guy that probably got down, lost his confidence, and bounced back. And now he's had a substantial pro career. Like, it's it's nice to celebrate a guy like that, I think. Just, so I respect him. Just got a text from, we'll protect the name. We'll call him a professional golfer uh, who just said, quote, please, please, please stop the Kevin now walking it in madness. Well... I'm with that. I think that would be directed at Kevin Na. Then, like he's the one <laughs> yeah, walking in. We well, can't stop the madness. We're not a party to it. I think it's it's maybe just a vent yeah, from, I, from I, this person. I, like I don't know. I guess some some of the stuff that irks me about him a little bit is just like he everything just seems very conscious. He he seems yeah, uber I, conscious of everything that he's doing and 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 I guess I don't know if it feels authentic. I think that's right, and I think you know I don't know if this is a byproduct of. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to be empathetic, I think, here to, to Kevin Na, but 
going through, you know, many, many years being very publicly the slowest player on tour probably makes you feel pretty fucking hated, I would think, you know, and, and I, I'm guessing he, so can, yeah, I, I'm guessing he, he's putting his finger on the button trying to trying or his finger on the scale trying to like really tip some some people back his way and in his defense it's not, I'm not saying it doesn't come off as inauthentic i'm just yeah. saying maybe that's the reason why it's pretty easy to fool a lot of people in golf that way you oh, know what totally. i mean like that 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 kind of pandering works and at he's a got lot the logo levels. on his on his shirt and i'm sure 95 percent of the people that see that you know he's got the walking in logo on his shirt <laughs> oh, that's which is lame that's but i would say what i'm saying is i appreciate that he is you're saying the consciousness is a negative I think I think a, he's thoughtful. He might be too thoughtful. It's a Garth, Garth Brooks, you know, there's two sides to that coin. The, the consciousness, like in his post-round interview, was like, man, he he understands. his. It's it's like somebody that you give feedback to, and he's taking the feedback. Like he's like conscious, but maybe he's just doing it too on the nose, yeah. right? He might be Chris Gaines. Hmm. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> his stats it's int- very out. interesting. <laughs> his stats for the week, he uh for each of the four so the four categories, off the tee, approach the green, around the green and putting. For each of the four days he had one ne- on Thursday he lost strokes on the green. The other cate- all four categories every other day he had positive strokes gained every single day. That's the biggest thing it's I wild. can say to, about him about his game is whenever I watch him it feels like the results are bigger than the sum of his parts. Totally. And I, I think you're right, Neil, on just hearing him talk about, you know, very consciously about, man, I really have to take advantage of certain weeks. Even just looking at his OWGR in the last couple of years, I mean, it's top 10 at Heritage, win at Colonial. Um, also, that stat I gave is wrong, so ignore that. But continue. Which one? The, the off the tee, I was wrong. Uh, but he <laughs> struck it really well and putted really well. So, Win at Shriners, played top 10 at, at Mexico, which is a different kind of course. Fifth at Travelers, a different kind of course. Ninth at Memorials. Kind of a different kind of course, you know. So definitely I, second shot. He, he de- yeah, he he is definitely uh, he picks his spots. It's a kind of he's the kind of guy that if the ball didn't go as far as it did, we'd see probably a lot lot more of him. So. And down the stretch, not he's not scared. Like he get you know yeah. where you feel like. And no offense to Brendan Steele, but it, kind of like last, last year, year. <laughs> just just kind of uh, eh, you know you can feel a little hesitation maybe. Bones seem to be all over that from like the front nine on. Like yeah, he is giving himself causing himself way too much stress. He, he's I, I, making like a, a f- lot of eight foot par yes. putts, and that's gonna wear on you over the course of a round. I know I said this last week, you guys disagreed, but I think Bones is getting way better. I thought he was great again today. I thought was, he was. I thought he was bringing in uh, some real world stuff. It was I'm great. with you, Sally. You were sitting downstairs. You were kind of not feeling the gu- feeling bones on the couch. La- Me, mean, we roasted. Yeah, he was the one last last week. We roasted him. No, I was not feeling Leonard. Leonard oh, does that's who we were roasting for me. I don't want to get into Amsterdam here if you guys don't want to. I loved I loved Bones's thing about you know man if I was his caddy right now like Bones this is exactly this is yeah. exactly what I'd do I'd get in his face and say we need to birdie every remaining hole and I thought Leonard too and and Rolfing and all those guys were touched a lot on you know the dynamics of not having your regular caddy in a situation like that when you're someone like Brendan Steele who's not you know not contending for wins all the time that's got to be a really yeah. weird feeling. There were so many conversations between Steele and his caddy that they totally just yeah missed it missed ignored cut away from didn't even pay any attention to and that, one, like that was the only thing that was interesting about Brendan Steele today and they ignored it <laughs> right yeah. well so I would I'll be fair to you you were you did you had a good 
good line on the couch. Like Bones never misses an opportunity to. No, he gets really excited when he squeeze in a bad joke. When he's about to get a joke out, <laughs> you can tell how amped up he gets to get a joke out. My thing with Bones is a more of a production thing. Of like, I'd like to see them just lean on him for a caddy stuff. He does a lot of play by play, and it's I, his skill is like the caddy related stuff. And like the way they were using John Wood was how I would use Bones. But Bones loves pointing out a good rake job too, yeah, which is great. <laughs> I don't know if he's got a friend on the, you know, friends Cousin with somebody on the, on, the, on the grounds crew, but he keeps getting these great lies. One of the one of the best rake jobs we've seen all week. <laughs> I think Bones is loosening enough. Yeah. I think it's gonna. It's, it's only gonna get better. I I'm with you. I think I, he seems to be having fun, yeah, it, which exactly. makes me have fun. It's like a good cheesy joke if it's like in the, with the right vibe. Yeah, come on, bring it more of that. And I wonder if I, probably reading way too much into this, but I wonder if some of that is John Wood and just like having someone to like that was always the Faraday thing, right? Where when Faraday's on the crew, like everybody else loosens up and everybody else feels like less pressure to, you know, it just seems like they have a lot more fun. Maybe, maybe John would kind of bring in some more energy and some more insight and obviously both caddies and who knows, maybe that's been really good for him. Does Faraday work in golf anymore? I don't Great I really question. Know. Someone said they, they had done 150 episodes of Faraday where yeah. it got canceled or, you know, done, canceled yeah. or, or not renewed or whatever this week. It said that he's still that's on so the... many. That's about a hundred more episodes than I would have thought they did. Well, they've got so much original programming that to take its place. So I can see easily why they, you know, they they got rid of, of Faraday. But oh, uh, bummer. Uh, Chris Kirk. <laughs> next topic. Next, next topic. topic. Uh, Don't you have family members at uh, Golf Channel? That were unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> unrelated. Chris Kirk, T2, uh, locks up his status on the PGA Tour. 65, 65, 65, 65. What do we call that? It didn't win. We call it a Chris Kirk. <laughs> we call it a social, or we call it a Medicare. The Medicare. Or an AARP, which is 50, but really, you don't really get deep into AARP until you're like 60, 65. It could be, the, it could be a fully vested week, you know, like you're, you're vesting in your retirement that week, that kind of thing. So we shot even par for the week. He can get, he's pars. allowed to touch his 401k. Exactly. It's a 401k. Yeah. It's, it's penalty free. 401k is good. It's yeah. a 401k. Yeah. He's, he's the raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a huge shout out to him. He detailed, uh, you know, told his story well in the pod and to many other sources last year of dealing with anxiety and how that led to alcoholism and leaving golf to get treatment and coming back and, and winning on the Corn Ferry Tour and now uh, almost winning on the PGA Tour, but locking up his status. That was, I believe your comment, DJ, they did an amazing job telling that story today on the broadcast. But That was maybe what I said. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I've done a good job of not being hammer the broadcast guy, and I only bring this up because I think the Chris Kirk thing is one of the best stories in golf, and it really doesn't feel like that when you watch TV. You know, it's like that is a, a guy who's gone through some really fucking big fairly relatable demons that I, I would guess would resonate with a massive part of the audience who have had either gone through something like that themselves or had family members or whatever. And they don't ever actually explain what's going on. It's very similar to the JT thing where it's just like, yeah, you know, with everything that's happened, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, not everybody's on Twitter for 18 hours a day, like knowing all of this stuff that's going on. Not everybody listens to this podcast. Not everybody read the thing Will Gray wrote, you know, like, explain what's going on okay. so to that point it's not just like oh you know with everything he's gone through it's like no he went through fucking hell over the like the last two years this is a massive thing but i'm i'm so i have the story right and for listeners he took a medical leave to to go to rehab for alcoholism to get treatment to get uh, treatment yeah, yeah came back and this was his last start before that 
Major. His last start before that major medical would have run out. So he would have, if he finished, I think it was, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but if he finished like T33 or something, he'd have conditional status, yeah. which means basically you only get into the events other people don't want to play and in. He's passed, and he's got past champ status in his back pocket. So he's anyway. got a few ways he could get to events, but it wouldn't be But he needed to finish. Status. he needed to finish T3 or better yeah. this week in order to basically like recharge his status that he had when he left to be okay, in like I mean, the top to pick, pick up to pick back up where he left. So now he has a full card. Yeah. So imagine yeah. somebody telling you and listen, Chris Kirk has been playing good for a couple months now, one on the corn Ferry tour. Like he's been playing, playing solid, but imagine someone tells you like, Hey, there's a, a field of, I don't know. What is it? 144 or 156 this week, whichever size field it is of literally the best players in the world. Like you need to go finish T3 this week. Otherwise, you know, your job security you have to go shoot 20 on doesn't exist. And then you go do it. Like, yeah. That's yeah. mind blowing, man. You have to go shoot 65, four days in a row <laughs> yeah. and you don't get to win. Yeah. And it's you won't, just, you won't win, but that's just, God. that's for your livelihood. Not only that, that so he was freaking impressive. He was to two do over through three today. Yeah. He bogeyed two of his first three and then still shot 65. I would, uh, I'd like to shout him. He has metronomic tempo. Oh, dude, he's, he's so far away. He has, he's, it's yeah. like apathetic it. tempo. It's so good. And he like nukes the ball yeah. for how apathetic it looks. It's, it's just it's really smooth tempo. I he's like a, it. He's a guy, and a lot of it was the podcast, and a lot of it was how open he's been over the last year. But like, massive fan. I was bummed that they undersold the the story today. That's that's the only coverage stuff. I guess. Shout I'd out say. to his family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, the part he could have just even detailing the story could have been pretty vague about some of the stuff he was going through. But like talking about how I could go, I would have a bad round of golf. I would go to the hotel room and like freak out about like how I'm gonna like pay bills. Which right. is like he's when he, like when he has millions of dollars in yeah. the bank. Like that's that's the like demons he created for himself in his head, and you just can't. But you can't unspool that stuff once you start like whipping yourself but, up. But you know? going back to the broadcast, well, sorry. Like, so when, the only yeah. thing, the, yeah. the only way he could like address the anxiety going on in his head was to drink, and that's when like it just kind of this two way thing that just spiraled on him until he finally sought some help. And yeah, just getting healthy was a huge step, and then now playing great golf is pretty I think easy. There's, to there's two different like there's two different things that could happen. He could have just relied on, hey, I've got some issues. I worked through my issues or whatever, or he chose to be very, very, very public and upfront yeah. and, you know, like letting people in and telling his story. And so for me, like when the broadcast fails to yeah. tell that story, like, like shame on them. Well, a and a lot bit, of it's right? like, I'm guessing they almost either, either they've got so much stuff going on that they can't, they feel like they can't devote enough time to it or whatever, or they're so conditioned to not talk about anything controversial whatsoever that they just completely steer away from it. Yeah. But the problem with that is like, no, he's already it's like greenlighted it. Yeah, he's he's out there with it, man. Like, come on. They protect their player. Even when the guys don't need protected, they'll go out of their way to just like protect a player, whatever. And on a similar note, because I'm, it's going to come up this year and he's going to play well, like props to Bubba Watson, who's like basically done and said a lot of the same stuff. I don't think he's dealt with like the alcoholism side of it, but... A lot of the anxiety stuff, like he was super vague over the last year, 18 months about like, hey, Bubba, you look like you lost like 40 pounds. Like what the hell is going on? And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's health problems, health problems, health problems. Didn't explain it. And I think he laid it all out with, I don't know if it was Golf Week or uh, I feel bad. I don't remember where it was. I but it was Guy Yoakum and. It, yeah, it might have been Golf Digest. Digest. Uh, but same kind of thing, just like a massive anxiety battle and like kind of rebuilding his whole life. And it's like. Man, those are those are very real uh, real issues these guys and are dealing relatable. with. And it's like that's the kind of stuff that makes it – like Chris Kirk 
following whether he was going to finish T3 or not was truly the only thing like keeping me, you know, upright during this during this telecast this afternoon. And it, it was kind of a bummer to, to see it not really. Other than Keen. It was trying, <laughs> trying, trying to. Yeah, it was fine. It was <laughs> trying to get a win. It was Steve DiMeglio <laughs> in golf week. There we go. Real quick, round three was the lowest scoring round in PGA Tour since 1983, which I love all the stats that go back to 1983. Well, I was going to say, really which also means of all time, because yes. that's when the stats program started. 66.66 was the scoring average in round three. Very satanic. Amazing. And then we, we did it. I never thought this day would happen. Uh, but the ninth hole today at Wiley played more than a shot under par, which is just <laughs> incredible. Um, but air but how about the 18th being the hardest driving hole on tour since, what, 2013? That's a misleading stat. It's just like yeah. not hitting the fairway, Probably I guess. it was firm as hell, and it like slopes away from you on that, that dog leg, right? And it's still an easy as hell hole. Like even if it goes because in the rough, it, yeah. it's so just like Everybody's whatever. hitting it in too. And yeah. everyone's got a cousin on the ground screen. Of course. Fluffing their lives. These great lies. There were 14 eagles on nine today and six pars. <laughs> Two bogeys. <laughs> 51 birdies. So yeah, there so was two bogeys had to hit it out of bounds. I'm guessing. I don't know. Sixty-five par or better, or sorry, birdie or better, and eight par or worse out of everyone that came through today. Of seventy-three guys. How That's about amazing. this? Going back to Chris Kirk, before he played eighteen today, his par five scoring average for the week was three point seven one. He birdied eighteen. His scoring average went up. His scoring average went up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe the ball goes too far. Uh, just move the tee boxes back, right? There's plenty of room at, at Wiley. Uh, we are rolling into uh, – we're missing out on the Saints-Buccaneers uh, game right now. We are rolling into conference. Jameis is feeding. I love Jameis. Well, let's hurry up and get through this so we can go watch it. Uh, as we roll into conference championship weekend, there's no better way to get fired up than to get in on the action with our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I bet you guys didn't know this. Conor McGregor is making his long-awaited return to the Octagon at UFC 257. You guys don't say that. I had no idea. Oh, <laughs> no way. Uh, you, know, you should fight Conor McGregor. I'm good. Is he fighting one of the YouTubers or who's who's he fighting? I've, no, I've, no, it's a legit UFC oh, match. Okay. There's going to be some incentive. Yeah. To Mayweather's, Mayweather's fighting the YouTubers these days. <laughs> DraftKings. Did, did is, Nate Robinson ever come back too, or is he is he still unconscious? I feel like the YouTubers are fighting each other. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're taking up, you're right? taking this Sorry. out on a tangent. Sorry, we'll, we'll get it back Unless on the rails. he's trying to talk about MMA. I'm, I'm trying to engage with my guy. <laughs> DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And, of course, odds for golf all around the world can be found at the DraftKings Sportsbook this week. Uh, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. How about Huge. that? So place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code NLU for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout for a limited time only, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, you ready, Neil? Yeah. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Boom! Hit that the, the air horn! Hit it! Really we good. did yes. it! Yes! One for breath, first baby. time, one breath, we nailed it. So thanks to our friends at DraftKings. What you guys think of lift, clean, and place in today's round? You made one of the... <laughs> One of the greatest points I've heard in, in a while. It's a very obvious one, but... Why the hell <laughs> do professional golfers get a full club length for lift, clean, and place? Like, all right, the idea is no mud balls, whatever. Russell Henley, at one point, they were like, you know, astutely pointed out, 
You know, he's on the fringe here, but he used a driver to move his move it one club length over and eliminate four feet of break on a putt. Why the hell should a pro Rolfing golfer get did to not do that? like that? He was he was like, nah, I don't like this. I mean, but shit, even when you play in a scramble, sometimes it's a scorecard, scorecard length. length. Right. I played a uh, mini tour. I was going to ask. Was a I was going to ask. What else? It's almost like the club length is like the cubit in the Bible. It's like, well, there's well, just no other measurement. Guys, like, <laughs> that's, that's all we've got. We don't have a rulers. You I know? have. I have a hypothesis. It was a quid pro quo, or I don't even know if this would qualify as a quid pro quo. It was basically the opposite of an eye for an eye. It was to redeem them to make for it. the in course OB. Total make it. Which set that up. They put in-course OB between the 18th tee, 18th tee and 18th green. Basically, the 10th hole made yeah. that in-course OB. Yeah. Normally, there's grandstands there that prevent that. Is that right? There yeah, because that's where Brennan Steele hit the ball. There's grandstands up the left, up by the green. All up the left side. Yeah. Okay. And then Nick Taylor got quite a, a break oh on Friday God. night. His drop on the... Uh, Which, on, like, I totally get the the ruling and the reasoning behind the drop, but, like... What was it? The what shit happened? that he was saying that to get the drop of like, yeah, like I'm going to hit like a 230 yard left-handed shot. So the fence was below and the fence is the, is the OB line. But then the net, which is always there, is a temporary immovable obstruction, which like if it's always there, how is it a TIO? And secondly, like there's no way he's going to hit a 230 yard high draw. Left-handed? Left-handed where... <laughs> The net is going to come into play. Yeah, it was literally. It, time is a flat circle because on this podcast last year we were railing on TIO relief with Brendan Steele's miss left of the green, and he That's got right. like he got like a hundred yard drop. Like, oh yeah, you could just yeah. take it until you can see the flat. It's it's bullshit. Well, and then Stu, Stu <laughs> it's straight up some, bullshit. Had some comments too of like, hey, this is this is one of the places on tour where like you can blast it up there to the right and you get a redrop right next to the green and <laughs> that's part of the deal it's part of the strategy of the hole yeah look you took out the grandstands this week and scores just plummeted they just they really struggled with the golf course so. <laughs> it's really providing a an advantage <laughs> you know why lie i know they kind of depend on the wind and weather but man it's tough to watch a golf like a golf course i, I always hate when there's you know Coming down the stretch, there's no bite. There's no, like, you have to work hard to make a mistake. I don't like watching the best players in the world have to fall all over themselves to make a bogey. Like, who made a bogey coming down the stretch that mattered? Brennan Steele shot 37 on the back nine. Listen, that's going to happen. But, uh, it <laughs> but just, that's about uh, it. No, I get what you're saying. So I, it, there's no variation. There's no, there's no excitement. You juxtapose that with, like, for me, Bay Hill last year, where yeah. it was just like, oh, my God, man, they might, like... How is he going to get that down into? Yeah, like it's just, and I don't know what you do with with Wiley to. Well, actually, we were talking make it a par sixty (laughs) eight, test it out. Like who cares, right? Like just be like, hey, let's. I'm with you. It doesn't answer the question though of like needing you know defining golf shots coming down the stretch that just didn't seem like it really had it. I don't know. That's well, I'm just saying ask for like. uh, I think it would change the mental aspect for a lot of guys. Like they'd be like, oh man, now I'm I'm over par. Like. You know, that matters a little bit. This is going to sound like I'm not being serious, but I, I and I'm not really even sure if I am, but <laughs> it almost, it's the kind of golf course at this day and age, it almost feels like it needs to be like a five club tournament to like make it interesting. That'd be sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, because right now it's, it's, I, I said at the beginning of the week, I'm like, oh, I love this week. And then I tried to watch it Thursday night and I tried to watch it Friday night. I'm like, this blows, man. Like, what, what am I doing? And 
it's really fun to watch for nine holes, but like, man, I don't need to watch 72 holes. It's of hard this, to lock in for of this the golf whole, tournament. The, yeah. the course of the whole tournament. Whereas I, I think like there is enough going on on and around the greens and stuff that if it was like a five, if it was a five club thing and you started missing greens and had to chip in different ways, like that might be interesting. But now we're getting into Adam Scott. Like, yeah, it doesn't even matter, man. Like, Nothing I don't matters. know. There's, there's so many tournaments, like do whatever you want. I just ima- like, imagine <laughs> this going Jesus. up, going you know what up, saying, <laughs> going up against the NFL playoffs. Just imagine was, like, yeah. you know, we're going to do the same exact thing we do every week. And and but we're going to go up against the most popular sport in America. Like we're not going to change anything. Our, our already people don't watch our product, but we're going to do the same exact thing. And also, no one is really going to watch. But that's kind of the argument of when people say like you shouldn't work on your weaknesses. You should just double down on your strengths. <laughs> right. They're just like, yeah, what's the point? You know, like even if we put all well, this effort into and I improving get it, it, no one's going to. They're going to watch football. I of course get the the counter. <laughs> the counter argument to my five cup <laughs> thing is okay, Kevin Na wins, and now that bolsters his chances for the Ryder Cup. I and mean, they're playing and, for like $1.2 million. Right, it is a what, lot of what money. My, what my theory presupposes is maybe they it don't need should. to be. Like maybe yeah. they shouldn't be. It's a tough spot. Well, this solid. is the wraparound season bucking its head and just like starting to feel more and more like, a, yeah, you could probably cut that one, man. I don't think I'd miss that. Question for you like, where the fuck was the weather? <laughs> <laughs> before the lift clean in place. No, no I, I get that it rained like before the round or last night or whatever, but they moved this thing up three or four hours. Right? I don't think it was too many. It was too long. I, I think it's pretty... Because they said it was going to get biblical out there. Yeah, it ended at 8.10, so 3.10 local time, so really only like two hours ahead of when it would have. And I'm sure they would have... There's a big line of thunderstorms or, or storms that looks like it's rolling through, but... That's it's still you know it's still east of or uh, west of uh, what is that? I'm glad they did though. Overweight. Uh, yeah, it's still west of Kauai right now. Yeah. Hmm. The, the Green Island. I got no issue with them as of up, nine ten p.m. Eastern time. I just think yeah. I don't know. We're monitoring the situation. <laughs> TC T- T- Cantori, Tron Cantori. There's up still here. there's still a gale warning in effect for three forty five p.m. Hawaii Standard Time until Monday at 6 p.m. Any See, ballistic is, missiles? Uh, no, the, I totally <laughs> forgot about that, though. Um, that, that would have been crazy this year versus years past if there was ballistic missile warnings. Oh, listen, that's always crazy, whatever that happens. <laughs> well, we might be burying the lead 30 minutes in here uh, on maybe the biggest, I would say, safe to say the biggest story of the week, that Ralph Lauren made the, maybe the ultimate Friday night news dump saying that they are no longer, they're parting ways with JT based on his uh, homophobic slur that was used uh, in Maui. I think, I, speaking for myself, I was quite surprised by this news. What was your guys' reaction? Yeah, very surprised. I mean, I think it's understandable, I think, from a, a company in the fashion industry. They probably have a lot more LBGTQ uh, employees, stakeholders, those, those types of things that are obviously not going to mess around with a word like the one he used. So I'm sure they were feeling some pressure from, you know, internally to hold it, you know, try try not speaking out of both sides of their mouths on those types of issues. So it, it was both surprising because I don't think we see this kind of thing in golf very often, but also I guess it, you know, makes sense. I mean, we have seen it. Like Patrick Reed said it four or five years ago, or seven years ago, right? 2014 yeah. fall, yeah, he said it. Nike stuck with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if there's behind the scenes stuff going on. Maybe it was a business decision based on, hey, this is a way to get out of our contract with him. Not saying that it was or wasn't. My problem with it was, I, I think it was well within their right to cut him or well within their right to keep him around if they feel like he's redeemable. My big issue with it was that last sentence of it just seemed like 
little too cute or kind of trying to have it both ways where like if you're breaking up with the guy and you're kicking him to the curb then well, explain what they what they said or what you're referencing well they said like you know we we hope that that justin can do this and that and we can partner with him in the future so yeah something like he can earn his way back into yeah and and you know what like let's say yeah like maybe that does happen but i don't think you need to say that right i don't think you need to to incentivize his doing the right thing like let him go do the right thing and if that happens and if you guys want to you know come back to the table and you feel like it's a fruitful partnership then do that but i don't I don't know. I just don't think it's appropriate. They didn't, you, they didn't need to telegraph that part. Yeah. But yeah. I think it did. Yeah. It read a little holier than thou. I think even going back to the nah thing, if you're if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt, I guess they're probably trying to extend him a little grace and make it look a little more like yeah. people are redeemable and we hope we can work together again in the future. I, probably not worded great. Can I read it just so we have it? As we make this decision, our hope is that Mr. Thomas does the hard and necessary work in order to partner with us again truly examining this incident, learning, growing, and ultimately using his platform to promote inclusion. So. Which, it, listen, it, hard, to, hard to argue with that sentiment, but I, I'm with you that it, it in the context of the release, it well, was, you it was me, weirdly you, worded. You sent me the Eamon Lynch article mm. that I thought he made a good point at the end, which is, you know, if you if you really think about it, could more, could uh, something positive, is it more likely that something positive could come out of this if they work together on it? Instead of just saying, like, let's cut, you know, cut ties in a press release. Well, what if, like, you know, you get in a room and you say, yo, this is not cool. Like, we have a zero tolerance policy for this. So we, you know, maybe not we're going to make you do all of this stuff, but well, I think they, they could invest some time and energy into the, what do you want to call it, penance? Like, you just making it right in a way. And instead, it's just like, wash our hands clean of it, which they're, again, allowed to do. But I thought that was an interesting point. I'm just saying, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's JT's decision whether he wants to take steps or not. And, and, you know, I think the people that are saying, you know, Hey, this is, this is, uh, you know, it's been like the other night it was, it had been less than a week. Right. And it's like, yo, like maybe instead of like going and saying some stuff, maybe he's actually doing some shit. He was off this week. He's off next week. I think like maybe he's doing Abu stuff Dhabi next week. Oh, he's not. Okay. So he's like on the field list, I assume. Okay. He's playing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, maybe, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there, but like, yeah, if in a month or whatever, I think the biggest issue here is the fact that like, you can't rely on any punishment from the PGA tour. There's no accountability there, which the well, fact they don't public, publicize yeah. it. Yeah. It like makes people anxious about it. Same with like Reed with the cheating thing. Yeah. It was just like, there was no, there's yeah. no nothing. So people like it's, it's, well, I forget who described it as basically like almost like a, a, not a trial by combat, but like people take control in their own hands. It's like, they don't see the punishment. Like, exactly. all right, we are mad about this and we're going to roast like, you at the tournament and you're going to yell at you. The and tour is actually making it worse for their players. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, that's like somewhat irresponsible, right? Where it's, it's like vigilante justice. So Eamon Lynch's article on Golf Week is tremendous. I think you know, Eamon it touches on this as being one of the few openly gay people in golf. I especially appreciate his perspective on it, and he just I, he just nails it. He says, there are two uh, Im immutable facts in this sorry mess. What Thomas said was as despicable as it was dumb, and Ralph Lauren has the right to decide who is an acceptable ambassador for its products. The company's decision to drop Thomas won't sit well with many, but it does not fall under the lazy jargon of cancel culture. It's merely an example of the free market at work. The flip side of those facts is that an isolated, angry comment isn't the full measure of a man and that the defense of human dignity isn't best mounted by an industry that postures while surviving on sweatshops. That is yeah. a paragraph and can right I, there. And can, just, I be, yeah. can I be honest? 
Like, I'm curious to see what he's going to wear next. I don't like the RLX stuff. <laughs> Straight up. You I don't, don't like the octopus pants? No. I don't, I don't know if that's the story here. <laughs> it's not. But I'm just, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, you know. So now Billy Ho's their, he's their lead dog. Uh, I guess so. Well, I mean, I, so like going back to Eamon's piece, to me, it gets back to, all right, what's JT going to do? Right? And, and JT's a very smart guy. Like, he seems, you know, I like, it's funny because people are like, you guys are friends with JT. I'm not really friends with JT. You're friends with JT, Solly. But like, I don't really, I think he's whiny and, and can be, you know, a little bit of, a little bit bitchy on the course, but like, I respect the shit out of his game. I think he's a very, very smart individual. And I think he's, and I think he's going to, I truly believe, like, I'm totally sure that he's going to learn from this and do the right steps. But it like it may not be on everybody else's timeline too. Right. That's the that's the part of this that it was weird timing of it. It was almost a week after it happened, and maybe it did have to go through many layers of decision making and all that to for it to happen. Uh, maybe they didn't like the plan that he had laid out to them or communicated. Like it could be a million reasons. I really don't know why. But to that point where people are like, "Oh, you guys are friends with JT," like blah blah. blah. It's also like. Hey, you know what? If he like was this person that was horrible and did this without any heart or any like true remorse in his heart, I probably wouldn't be friends with him. Like that's not the people I align myself with. It's not a either or thing. It's like I don't know. I don't. We didn't get a lot of heat for you know like rushing to his defense. I thought we had a very fair analysis and discussion on it, and said that you know this doesn't end here. And I know he doesn't think it ends here. And he's got a you know. I really hope that he isn't just trying to check the boxes on a lot of things, and I don't get the sense that he is. Yeah. I don't know, and I'm not... Can I, can I air out one of the truly dumbest takes I've heard in... Oh, I don't love know, this maybe already. My, maybe my lifetime would be from former Golf Channel talent, Janella, who said that because of this decision, JT goes up in his book and Ralph Lauren goes down in his book. I thought that was... A very unique way to look at the situation. <laughs> that that uh, Really? Some of, some of the takes definitely have whiffs of like... Man, it got really quick that the uh, the rich white golfer became the victim in this story. But uh, there, there was some jock sniffing <laughs> going on too. That's man, yeah. If that's your takeaway, like you you might be too too deep in the golf scene here. Which I don't think the takeaway. Like I absolutely could not care less what JT's off course earnings are. Like I don't I don't feel bad for him that he you know lost the money that comes with this. I think it's the statement that comes with it. Which maybe he need, like maybe that is going to be a good thing. Maybe it's going to help further discussion. Maybe it's going to be you know uh, what? Uh, maybe it's what we need to turn the corner on things like this happening. I don't know, uh, but it's much more of it being this like this big of a story. Uh, I mean, golf. I was surprised how much Golf Channel, how much coverage they gave to it. Like story on sponsorship night. deals yeah. are not their front. You know, unless they're paid for, are not like the front lead stories uh, very often on, on that channel. So well, it was props to them for that. You guys said it last week. It was nice to see him speak for himself uh, twice, you know, in interviews and apologize immediately. But I hope that same amount, like I hope there's what I, I guess what I would look for is does he have a thoughtful, like reflective response? Exactly. To that's it. That's, that's to yeah. me very important. It's like, do something like get creative. Think like, almost like did you go on a go on a walk figure something out you know like get deep in it like like sit in it for a while and and do something um most it doesn't of, have to be right now that's what i think tc what you're saying is like it, it doesn't you know that, that's the right thing yeah. in the immediate exact that's what i'm getting at it's like, like don't rush to anything so hopefully he does that and do you truly understand why like yeah. why it's not just like that the word is taboo it's why it, do you understand the whole you know 
depth of that. And Eamon makes another great point. In 2020, Scott Piercy posted to Instagram a homophobic <laughs> meme about Pete uh, no, Buttigieg. Buttigieg and lost his sponsors overnight, two of whom, Titleist and Fuchoy, also sponsored Thomas. But there's an enormous difference between angrily muttering a disgusting comment to oneself on the golf course and taking the time to post a loathsome image to social media that targets an openly gay individual. Piercy got what he deserved. Thomas does not warrant the same. Piercy also had a, like an open reputation as a piece of shit, ball. a total piece of shit. So it is a different, but like there is a huge, huge difference between the two. And I think a, a subset of people want to lump all the like JT and Piercy in the same bucket, which I think would be the wrong totally. thing to do. So I didn't realize JT was going to Abu Dhabi next week. He's getting he's on the entry list. Big ass appearance fee. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, but it will be curious to see uh, what he what he's what he's wearing for that, but. Tiger Doc Part Two aired tonight. We discussed it last week on the podcast. We had the uh, Matthew Heineman and Matthew Hamachek, uh, the co-directors, on the podcast this week. People on Instagram <laughs> did not seem to like those two guys very much. Uh, very much from people that probably did not watch the documentary or listen to the podcast. It seems like, but uh, I thought that was a great conversation. I was really, really glad you you did that. That was awesome. Well done. What are your uh, overall thoughts on uh, as we put a wrap on this? On this, we had a spirited conversation last night. Neil, you didn't get to share your thoughts last night. Neil was one of the guys on Instagram who was. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about it a lot. I think my immediate cat alone. (laughs) No, my immediate reaction was I left watching part two unfulfilled. That doesn't mean I didn't. I thought it was a bad documentary. I thought it was it was put together well. Um, I was entertained. I guess at the end of the day, I was entertained but unfulfilled. I think. My another immediate reaction was I felt like it would be a lot better if that document documentary was made five years from now. Felt like it was made in the middle of a story. Like there, it's like I don't know the ending to the story yet. I thought it was premature, and that's a fair take. Yep. You know, and that's regardless of the get. Yeah, of course it would be great to get like more pro golfers in and 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 just better sources. I, you know, I felt like. I wrote a lot of papers in college, rushed a lot of papers where I didn't have good source material and got exposed by professors. Weren't you a creative writing major? Yeah, but like in other, in other classes, like when when we had to do, like at Columbia, you had to do the core curriculum, you had to write about like the Iliad and, you know, Dante's Inferno, every, you know, just Yo, straight the Iliad up. was ill, man. And like, what, what's up? Real you know, quick, Dante's Inferno or Dante's Peak? Which one you? Inferno. <laughs> Come on. Not Pierce Bronson. No, no, no. I didn't know which, Bronson. One, you, which one you go for. Pierce, uh, Pierce Bronson. <laughs> Point taken. Okay. Yeah, I don't uh, run along with that with that trash. Anyway, my point is, I felt like they had just very shallow source material, and then not only that, but like their bibliography was bad. And what I mean by that is, they didn't cite their sources. Well, like who was that? Who was the girl? Am Marco Mira's niece or daughter uh, or Amber Loria or yeah. something? Loria. They didn't introduce her. They never ever. explained. They that never explained that it was Marco Mira's friend. Niece. It's like yeah. I I immediately was like. You're, what? How are you, Tiger's friend? Like, feels explain like, that. Feels to like me. the person at a family wedding or family reunion. Now, how do you know the bride? <laughs> no, seriously, walk me through this. I want to know because otherwise, there's a lot of madams and people that may have axes to grind. It's like I think it's important in a documentary like that if you don't have the 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 topic or the person that you're talking about, it's very important that the credibility of each participant I think is like outlined. And 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 how do you do that? And another example would be the McDaniel. Pete McDaniel. I mean, they didn't, he was was great, but they didn't introduce him. And it would have helped me like, oh, so he served in the military with Earl. Like, 
I think he was Earl's biographer, I think. Yeah, like none of that. So then I would have thought, like, now I feel like I got, I watched the whole thing and then learned that after I watched it. And now I'm like, well, I should have listened to that guy more. Like, you know what I mean? And that that stuff was disappointing to me. And that's, I think, what led to me being unfulfilled. Can I float this question and thought out there? If you enter this documentary, and maybe they don't do themselves any favors by calling it Tiger and presenting it as the... documentary on the life of the man. Do you enter it very differently? If like, if I just sat here and said, dude, get, check this out. Like they got, you wouldn't believe they got like tiger's old girlfriend, like talking about what he was like as a kid. And with images of him being like as happy as he's ever been, like a bunch of people that knew him and Earl growing up. And like some of the people that were really influential in his life, like, wouldn't you want to hear those stories? I'd be like, Whoa. Yeah. Like that side of tiger presented. I would want that. I'm with you on like, you, you you said the other night you said a uh, a mile wide and a foot deep. I'm I'm with you. But it there. could have been it could have been three. I wanted it to be a six part series. They did oh, yeah. six parts on McMillions. I mean, come on, <laughs> like HBO, you got the money, like expand it, and that way that what, was good. That was okay. The, By the, the way, we should have we should do a McMillions crap job was, was fine, totally fine. Maybe that should have probably been four episodes instead of six. But exactly. my point that was is exactly my yeah. point. The point is with Tiger, it's like I had a problem with. I'd say more than half of part two is about the scandal, which deserves a lot of attention. But if it's six parts, then it wouldn't have dominated it. And yep. I, I thought they grazed over the most interesting stuff to me, maybe as a golf fan, but even as in life, is 2013 when he has that like comeback year and he's playing really well, and then all of a sudden he falls off a cliff. The injuries, maybe the addiction. And instead, all we get is like they dedicate like 10 to 15 minutes to like the DUI footage. Which is like, dude, I want to know more about the chipping yips, and I want to know about, like, they just, they totally breeze over because that 2014, 2016. Like, it was just, and then all the golf is out of place, and that just, that that's a little, like, thing that bugged me. But, like, yes. that was details. Details matter, Katayan especially saying, in a small, like, three-hour thing. If you expand it out, they could have had more space, so... I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting all rattled. Armin Katayan saying, you know, saying that sentence about like you have no idea how deep he he went into the depths. Like, no, we don't. Because he yeah, didn't really tell us about there. it. You know, That's show exactly us, right. Show us the glute deactivation and show us, you know, some more of the chipping stuff. The other thing that really stuck out to me was the 2006 U.S. Open that he played. When you know, right after Earl died, yeah, I don't think they mentioned that, did they? They didn't even mention it. Yeah. And like to it's me, like the first cut he missed, that should like be, yeah, that should be a massive, massive part of the story and help them open a vein. They can't get to Tiger, but there's all sorts of press conferences and there's all sorts of emotional embraces and him just struggling like crazy that week. And then check it out, he won the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, unbelievable. Okay, another thing that I struggled with in part one was Earl is the Earl's the topic. Right, and his relationship with Tiger. But there's no backstory. Like, and they had this guy, Pete McDaniel. Like, oh, let's go in, let's dig into Earl's life a little bit. I would love to know more about him before Tiger was born and the Green Berets and all that stuff that I, as a golf fan, I know from the Wikipedia page that he was a Green Beret. I don't know anything about it, though. If that's his biographer, like, what a missed opportunity. I think six part series, yeah. longer. Then you got one episode on Earl. Then you've got Tiger's, you know, childhood, and then all the good stuff from like the home videos and stuff. We can pull that thread even more. It just was the wrong. It was the wrong length. They didn't do it justice. Yeah, going back and to that Earl, frustrates me. How like they a very important question to to answer on Earl would be, how did Earl know what to teach Tiger? 
Like, yeah, where the where hell did he, where did he, he get learn? That where did he learn to play golf? Exactly. It's <laughs> a good question. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is it's more of a structural and time issue. Almost everything you've said there, Neil, is I, like I would say expectations also. Expectations, expectations and also just like you can't tell the story in three hours. Yeah, like, I, I think just think can. it was rushed. It was like they kind of said, "Let's not let perfect get in the way of good," and let's let's we got to be we got to be first. And it's like, man, on this topic, it just doesn't. The story doesn't feel over. Number one, and. So that's kind of weird. And then they kind of at the end, let's just, oh, well, he won the Masters, so we kind of well, got to shoehorn that in. But I think they kind of treated that. I didn't have a problem with how they treated that because that was that was kind of like, yo, the story isn't over. And hopefully this is, you know, it's still going when this goes and it's going for the next couple of years. I think the other thing, though, is like if, if they were saying, all right, we're going to do, you know, three two-hour segments or four two-hour segments, then then you get into like they were already probably scraping the bottom of the bin with interviews and with – you know, some of the footage and it's like, all right, like what but do you then got? get better primary sources? That goes back to the, my I'm college sure paper tried, point. Well, they yeah, tried. I don't think that you was, can. That like, was I the biggest issue. Then that, you wait. That's my point. Then you wait. Then you, you, you keep, you keep working at it. I just think you don't just say like, that's like me writing a paper in college. Oh, well, I just got to turn it in, you know? <laughs> like, but that comes back to filmmaking, right? And somebody else may be making the documentary. But or, not at HBO because they've got the rights to HBO. And that to me puts a HBO makes high quality shit, right? And their documentary is like anytime you see, we saw these promotions for months beforehand. So, oh, HBO's coming out with a Tiger Doc, must watch. I every other streaming service could come out with a Tiger Doc, and if HBO said they were coming out with one, I would I would be the first in line to watch it just because of how much good TV they make, right? So it's just to me that's an technically H it's not TV, it's HBO. It's HBO. <laughs> You're right. Excuse me, uh, but. It's, you know, I think HBO may have greenlit something that wasn't ready. And, and that's disappointing. And there's something to the, it's premiering in two parts on Sunday nights. Like the previous Game of Thrones yeah. spot they held. Yeah. Like I think they're struggling probably more on the Sunday nights that they used to own. I assume there's something to that. So I, I'm with you. You know what I didn't hear? Was I hear? entertained? Yes. I didn't hear anything in the last 10 minutes. I didn't hear hit piece. I didn't hear like no. overly select. That's what I keep reading about the online. No, that's wrong. Space. So dumb. Yeah. It's, it's, they treated that well, and it deserved the attention it got. It just shouldn't have been the majority of the episode. Like there's, like you mm. guys said last week on- It's like the most famous DJ, I think you out. You, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why it deserved the time that it got. But the proportion to the rest of the story is- if to the me, story was longer. The story needs to yeah, be longer. Yeah. Like you said, this is like the guy was the best golfer, dominant, and then all of a sudden, like this, like the oral history we did on the trap draw three years ago. It's crazy, and well, they didn't even talk about so that. That's, that's, I was gonna bring this up is for the not. I was. I knew the knock would come of like, should they make it yet? Should you wait till the story's over? I was also gonna be like. Can I take you back to the journey of Cat? Because we did a podcast episode on his career documentary, like hour and a half long or whatever it was. And like, oh, we, we were very clear on, but it was on very the time specific frame. Yeah. time frame. Yeah. And that that's almost a time frame that I want. No more primary on. sources either. Okay. So here, here's what I'll <laughs> Except say. Except the Twitter that going to the movies. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> but the but we don't know part. if Tiger Rose is on Twitter. So that could yeah. be maybe not a primary source. Only thing I'll say is, and this is why I really appreciated those guys coming on the podcast was I think there's a, a gulf here between probably what you were expecting and, or what all of us were expecting and what they set out to make because I don't think they were setting out to make like the comprehensive Tiger Woods documentary, which I do think is how it got marketed and billed and even kind of edited a little bit. I think that what they were setting out to make, as they said very eloquently on the podcast, was 
No, like this is a portrait of like who this guy is and why he did the things that he did. And I think they did a really good job of that. This is where it kind of almost gets unfair. Where it's like, well, yeah, but I didn't really want that. I kind of wanted like, I wanted a lot more. It's like, well, yeah, we can't do that without Tiger. So it's it's a weird thing. I know we talked about it at dinner last night, but where I kind of landed was, did I have fun watching it? Totally. Did it need to be made? Like, eh, I don't know, probably not. But is it going to probably push a bunch of subscriptions to HBO Max? Yeah, probably will. Yeah. And so, shout out to John Stanky and the other the stanky, the stanky leg. leg. And the other thing I will say is, I don't think that this was one of those things that is going to preempt anybody from ever doing the big full version of the Tiger Doc, the Last Dance, you know, of Tiger. I don't yeah. think that that they're going to point to this and be like, oh, it's already been done. Well, but HBO might not. Make HBO it, which might is, not. Yeah, you know, which is a bummer. Netflix, which is a bummer. So Prime. I will say this though, on the, on a good note, to end on a good note. The detonation of Billy Payne oh, was, so was life-affirming. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the biggest takeaway from me. I know we talked a lot about part one, but the biggest takeaway for me from part two is all the scandal stuff is it's pretty, you know, it's pretty line by line what goes on in the book. And, you know, there were no real surprises there. It was a little different to hear it straight from Rachel Yucatel or straight from these other women. But the biggest takeaway for me, and this is very hand up on like how either ignorant or naive or just locked in my own world I was in whatever year that was, 20, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, when all the scandal stuff went on and the blue curtain stuff went on. But like the role that race plays in how all that shit went down and like the forced apology and all that stuff, like that was the most powerful part of part two, I thought was Pete McDaniel coming on there and just like being very upset and just like god i cannot believe he did that that was humiliating and the fact that he didn't have enough control over his own life to basically just stand there and be like this is between me and my wife and everyone else can fuck off uh is heartbreaking and the fact that they paraded him around and whoever i think brian gumbel said that about billy payne like brian gumbel's a, are, is a killer like he, oh yeah are they can't. gonna do that to fred couples are they gonna yeah. do that to nick faldo like who are you you run a, you run yeah. a golf club or Arnold Ar- palmer i was yeah. gonna say is um, i meant to ask yeah. him i didn't get to this question when i had him on uh was during while that i forget who's talking during i'm talking about like parading tiger out there like that they show a b-roll clip of billy payne like laughing it up with Arnold yeah. Palmer. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, I want to be And Fred like, Couples right before that. Right, but yeah. Arnie's like the most famous yeah. womanizer that never got reported on or whatnot. Yeah. And, Mr. Palmer. Yeah, and they have that that clip over that. I was like, that is really brilliant if you meant to do that. <laughs> I want to know if you meant to do that, but that is Well, just, it makes me thankful that we don't have to hear Billy Payne talk anymore. Yeah. Like this April. Like, you know what? That, that, that speech God, makes that my speech, blood boil more it's than anything It's such bullshit, yeah. man. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Angel Cabrera, who made some exactly. news this past who, week. I'm who, sure he's ready to speak. We all looked up to, and yeah. we hope our he, can, hero. He, can, he can win our back. <laughs> yeah. our, going back to, tool. to uh, like, Tiger. So first, another two things I've got. The blue curtain at PGA Tour HQ. That is like the biggest blue curtain I've ever seen. I know. There's no souvenir I want for the Kill House more than that blue curtain. We've talked about maybe, Neil, you're going to the, aren't you going to the media day at TVC Sawgrass? Maybe pop a couple closets open, see if that thing's laying around. I'll take a look around. How bad, like how much bad advice Mark Steinberg gave Tiger over the years? Do you think that's his biggest, biggest miss? Steinberg's? That's like Tiger's entire career. And granted, like, I don't know all the shit that Steinberg's had to clean up of Tiger's, but like, yeah, I'm gonna guess there's a lot we don't know for sure. <laughs> for sure, no, it's all in the documentary. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, it's, lastly, I do think that 
it's an interesting distinction listening to those guys about it's kind of how the rest of the world that is outside of golf views golf. Yes. Of like, you know, it's not meant it's this wasn't made for golfers specifically. Right. It was made for the wider populace. And so I think that's a very important distinction where like, yo, like nobody gives a shit if the shots are out of order at Augusta or, you know, or, yeah. or I, I do. Yeah, the, I know the outside golf world. It's does still it. real to me. <laughs> but, they never talked about his 2009 uh, FedEx Cup. But don't uh, what, but there's no, or his, to me, it's worth the, the attention the 2018 to Valspar. Totally. Don't burn you, the diehard golfers. Like they're the ones that are going to be your evangelists. If the documentary is good, like not putting the golf in order is just a, that's just a typo. Like, what are you doing? To whereas, to whereas going like, so my favorite thing that that HBO's ever done, it's called Legendary Nights, and it was the story of the Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward. Um, I think they fought three times. Like the best. Like these guys just beat the shit out of each other. Like three matches. What it was, the? It was unbelievable, and it was a twelve episode Mark thing. Whalberg movie. <laughs> the fighters about. But it was a twelve episode <laughs> thing, and it was. And granted, HBO is so into boxing and so deep into that ecosystem but it was the details and all of that and granted they had both of those guys as primary sources um but it, it was just it, it's a stark difference between when you set out to do the unequivocal hey this is the all-encompassing thing and no we're telling a very specific theme here and i think that's what it, coming back to your point it's all it's all about expectations yeah all right, let's move on. Um, I, I don't have a lot to add on this other than Angel Cabrera was arrested uh, for something along the lines of, you know, he was arrested by Interpol for some crimes committed against a woman in Argentina. Multiple women. Multiple women. That yeah. sucks. Not a fun story. I'm sure there'll be more to come on that one. But there are fans at, uh, fans coming back, uh, sorry, patrons coming back to the Masters mm -hmm. in April along with the Drive, Chip, and Putt and the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So I think that's good do, news to be shared. Condolences on the drive chip and yeah. plug coming back. They haven't they haven't announced that all of the all age groups are coming back. And that's true. We'll we'll wait kids, to hear more. Kids info. qualified last year, so those kids that qualified for the 14, 15 year old division, some of them could be sixteen now. <laughs> It'd be a Danny Almonte situation. These, these kids can drive themselves <laughs> to the course. That's a good one. Are we serious? Have some self-respect. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, Bryson's quote this week? I'm not going to read it, but Ryan yeah, frontal frontal lobe injuries. Listen, the brain is a muscle. This is what I've been I've been exactly. preaching this for six months. He's going to get hurt. I didn't know it was going to be a brain injury. I thought it was going to be a torn <laughs> ligament in his knee or something. You know, like his colon blew out. Yeah, also. but you Look, know, listen, over it. the <laughs> yeah. brain is a muscle, and he's he strained it, and I get it. He's put on too much weight. He said he's he's trying to he's trying to lean lean out a little bit, but while keeping his, his strength up. And it's like, man, like, yeah, like it, it does seem like he's gotten the realization of, Hey, maybe seven or eight protein shakes a day. Isn't good for your, for your digestive health. Maybe, who maybe more that? is not always good. It's true. Right. Maybe that, maybe it's not, maybe you can't just go. <laughs> yeah. It's not a huge Bryson week, but of course he managed to make some news with just an answer. that was just Why wouldn't all over the Bryson place. Quote, play this frontal, I was, I was TC, I was just going to say the same thing. Overworking. Why didn't he play Sony where he could have just bombed it over everything? Because he's overworked awesome. the frontal lobe. <laughs> Poor F broke out maybe my favorite meme that there is, which is the the really, really long transcript of Bryson's whole answer about frontal lobes and exhaustion and all this stuff. And Poor F, of course, uh, the, the little screenshot of the text message that says, I'm not reading all that. I'm happy for you, though, or said that happened. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Every time that meme gets used, it's funny. 
new segment we're going to do a little, not sure what we're going to call it here, but more like a, a little what's in the bag. Uh, it's a monthly what's in the bag. Yeah, just kind of a topical touch-in on, uh, could be a different club for each of us each month, but Neil's going to kick us off for We should for call the it the, uh, the Kill House Garage. Sure. <laughs> Love that. We're in the lab. It's the Kill House Garage. You know what has been a game changer for me the last four months, mm. five months? Driving iron. Mm. Mm. Prime time, 21 degree. I call it prime. Am I an influencer? Uh, what do you mean? Because I got one, and yeah, you fell actually, in love with it. well, but you have the 18 degree, right? Which I I'd, I'd like to explore the space there a little bit. But 21 degrees, kind of, it's basically like a uh, nuclear three iron. And I think the pie man put one in his bag as well. I did, and uh, you saw a little bit of this in Tour Sauce uh, episode 11 when we get to Sylvie's Valley Ranch, where I'm kind of peeling the sticker off on the first tee, and I would love That's to give ballsy. a. Sh- would love to give a shout out to Neil that we had just spent what five days in the wind at rock hard abandoned dunes, and Neil didn't mention like, oh yeah, I got an extra one of these. It's just sitting in my no, travel no. bag, what? two pairs of gloves. Yeah, yeah, true. we're in the fucking Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't express uh, an interest. That's because I didn't know about it, and then you're just like, oh yeah, you know. I was like, Neil, that thing's awesome. Oh yeah, I got an extra one. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, that would have been great. You know what, Pacific Dunes, I might not have been yeah. waffling in the wind all day. You also put it in play on like the widest golf course on the planet. Well, that's true. But but the thing, know, the, what's firmness. nice about it is it's nice. It feels beats, like beats a, solid a bit of a get out of jail free card. It's nice <laughs> to be able to hit what feel like irons always feel safer. Yes. It's nice to be able to hit an iron that you don't, you know, you're not going to get a foul ball with. That's what I, yeah. it's like, I'm going to. Hit, yeah. I'm gonna flush this, and it's I, gonna be in the ballpark. Yeah, it's gonna be in the ballpark, and I tee it up a little higher on Solly's. That was your tip of like you should like kind of sweep it, hit it more like a wood than you do an iron. I try and, to hit no ground with it. Yeah, don't take a divot, and that it's just like you don't really miss it then, and you know it'll it'll curve and, and tail, but it's gonna be inside. It's you've, gonna be in play. You've never been that. a hybrid guy, have you? No, I've never really explored the hybrid space at all, uh, and my three wood gets a little you're, spinny. You're like the cat. Yeah, I just I don't and maybe I should maybe I should work on the three wood. Maybe I should look into the hybrids, but this driving iron and I I hit it really well off the ground as well, but it's more of a like if I'm not hitting the driver well, I pull this thing out, it's just it goes so far. It does. It goes like 240 250. Like it's really nice to have. So, can I say I'll say this and I bet you're going to agree with this that if I hit a dead straight one like accurate with a three wood, it's kind of just lucky like that just kind of felt lucky <laughs> yeah yeah when i'm holding an iron i kind of expect it to go I, very straight i think straight. the ball's gonna go where i think it's gonna yes. go more often than not with with most irons but Some especially this one gear effect and everything like they're, they're more forgiving but also you know it's not gonna go in a straight yeah straight like longer. the three wood is the one club in my bag that it's truly a dealer's choice on the two-way miss it's like man this could be the mondo or this could just be the the hooded ball that like oh god where's like snipe it but i i got a question for you sally so the 18 degree versus 21 degree like do you think you is it you know i'm hitting it like 240 245 like do you think that should i look into the 18 degree i don't i i want to flirt with the 21 probably because i have trouble i have not been able to stop that club into a green it goes long frequently so it's great off the tee for you but not it's not as versatile and i i need a club between four iron and three wood and i've just never gotten that i've never bridged that gap very well and i'm always in right in that in that zone it sounds like you need like a 20 degree just tune it down something like that but again i get so much more distance out of it you know off the tee which is a great thing but i still i struggle to hit par five greens with the two iron it just never seems to stop on the green so maybe we could do like an x-forged 
jersey a swap. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can try the twenty one. At the first tee, if yeah. you're like here, that would you be very cool. You play the twenty one today. I'll play the eighteen. That's uh, another idea for something they could do to spice up Sony. You got to trade clubs with. You have to trade you know, one club in the back. Playing competitor. Yeah. Uh, the, the the driving iron and just an idea. <laughs> uh, this kind of this kind of talk made me think. I, I'm surprised more players on tour don't use two drivers, don't have a fade setup and a draw setup. Gets back to the mini driver that I had in Oregon. Exactly. Like I think I could. I I've started to think about whether or not I want to because I'm only I've I, I've drawn it too much lately. So I'm switching to a fade, and now when I have a right to left shot, I'm freaking out because I don't know how to hit it anymore. And I want just a club that will do God, that. Solid. Well, why don't you I'd just hit a three wood? That with yeah. You. What's I that? feel like the three wood would be that. I carried two drivers for a long time. Like for me, yeah. the three wood's gonna go right to left. Right, but I, I want, almost want the draw. Like the Maverick had too, too much draw bias for me, and that's why I switched back to the Epic Flash because everything was going left. I had some other issues going on, but I felt like the Maverick was exacerbating that. And now I kind of want a Maverick and an Epic Flash, and you know, so I can cut cut the Epic Flash and draw the Maverick. What about what about the Epic? I don't speed? know. I got to do some testing. I got to get in the lab. So well, anyway, I just wanted to call out the uh, for the first Killhouse Garage segment that Callaway X Forged twenty one degree has it's been amazing, a, a true game changer. I'll, like, second, it, I'll second that. I, I hit mine all the time. I'll, it just I'll, feels I'm great because I'm better with it lefty than I am with like my six iron. Yeah. So I was gonna actually I was gonna ask you as a high handicapper lefty, it, yeah. that that club is valuable for you as well. Hell yeah! Okay. Man. <laughs> it goes like good to know twenty five yards farther than my five iron. Okay. It's crazy. I, I'm looking once I go back righty. I'm looking for like a 14 degree one, just a mega, mega <laughs> Frankenstein, like a, one iron. a half yeah. iron. <laughs> but with all that, with all that, you know, mass behind it. Yeah. He's playing a 0.6 iron. <laughs> He's in the decimals. A couple other items to look forward to in the coming week: LPGA opening up their season at the Diamond Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions down in Orlando. John Smoltz, I believe, is also going to be in the field. I just saw his six putters going to be playing this year. <laughs> So that'll be on Golf Channel this week as well, as well the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship on the European Tour. JT, Rory, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Rose, Westwood, uh, Poulter, a lot of other people in the field. Rose getting in the gym. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, want to talk about that. Yeah, Rose posted something on Instagram about two days ago, just all sorts of crazy faces that he's making down at Albany in the box. No one could be less out of touch with like what people are expecting of him while he's I not playing. I guess, you know what, I just... Is, is Rose ready to fire it up? No, like, nobody bonobos. noticed you hadn't been playing. <laughs> What's that? Rose is bonobos now. I think so. He's yeah. not RLX. He's right, so Billy Ho is the lead dog for... Correct. I don't think he's okay. ever been RLX. Yeah. yeah. I don't think... Rose was for a while, wasn't no. he? No. No? But Maybe. Uh, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe like, sure. Rose, like a long, Rose strikes long, long me as like ago. the royal okay. family. <laughs> Where he's just, <laughs> we've said this 80 times on this podcast. Nothing against Justin Rose. Seems like a, a great guy. I just, people like, so English. People care about the royal family. They care like what they're up to. <laughs> no, but they don't. I, I don't give a shit about, oh, yes, they do. Yeah, they it's do. a whole industry. Yeah, it is a whole industry. Like, no one's fucking chasing Justin Rose and trying to snap photos through his bushes to All see right, what he's doing. So I, I, guess, I guess here's the thing. Here, Justin Rose. <laughs> they don't need to because he keeps he's, us updated. Because yeah. he's sending the videos out. <laughs> he's he, controlling the narrative. He thinks he's a part of the royal family. That's, <laughs> that's exactly it. And that's why I've talked to Sally about this, I know, in the past, where all the. I don't know why I'm so deep in this, but all the Instagram stuff that's always dedicated to Team Rose and all. I'm like, I don't think there is a Team Rose. I think it's, I think it's all made up in his head. It's, it's interesting. It's fun to follow. Uh, any other notes from uh, Sony? Or yes, Andy? we forgot to talk about Webb, who is a killer, and also his sunscreen. Yeah, <laughs> it was, he I mean, like Zuck. I'm much more interested uh, in the sunscreen than whether he's a killer. He no, didn't look like a no, killer. No, truly. Uh, 
epic like guy with five kids like I don't have time to rub my sunscreen in <laughs> just like ultimate dad move just got white sunscreen all over him for 18 Suck. holes yeah Trod's, Trod's pull with the uh, Mark Zuckerberg surfing photos <laughs> no no uh, hydrofoil not <laughs> oh, surfing sorry, it's sorry, hydrofoil <laughs> Webb made some very unsustainable putts today and then he made a lot of long ones today looks like I'd looks love like a to know what in a Bond movie <laughs> strokes gained was in, in fourth round he was first in strokes gained. Okay. Uh, I'm, I also want to make an announcement. I'm adding Webb to the Treadstone program. He's he's the like the can't, Cantlay program. The Cantlay program. He's one of he's one of the assassins they send to kill Jason Bourne. Like every you know every month he gets the beeper call. He's like, all right, cool, sorry, I got to leave and go. I feel like Webb and Cantlay would be a great Ryder Cup pairing. Yeah. yeah, they're the Treadstone boys. Webb always has to babysit. Yeah. He gets Patrick Reed and Bubba everywhere he goes. Yeah. I feel like I floated this very early on, but what are the chances Kevin Na makes a Ryder Cup team? I don't know. Well, good thing you got the expert right here. I, I feel like that's a reality we should uh, again, at least consider. I would I would say, again, remember, Whistling Straits, probably not a Kevin Na paradise, and only six qualifying spots. That's so true. he's not going to make it on points unless he wins a major, uh, and probably a hard time I to I love him. the six qualifying spots. I do that's, too. Oh, yeah, it's great. so happy. I want to give a big shout-out to Joaquin. Keen! I mean T T two. Yeah, he balled out and he made he made he chipped in on seventeen and then down he, the hill. That was and then awesome he made shot. that ten footer on eighteen. Yeah. It was like, and Brennan Steele left it like two feet short. The three, like, the three wood he hit on in in round three as well to that left pin. Was it three wood or seven wood? He was, was he was beating oh. up that seven wood. Yeah, it was a seven wood. The one he hit out of the bunker today yeah. on eighteen. Nasty. I don't. By the way, I don't think Kevin Nall is going to be in the top fifteen of the Ryder Cup standings even after the win. So mm. probably not. But sheesh, uh, there's a lot of good U.S. golfers. Shout yeah. out to Leash. Shout out to Leash. Leash was finished mm. 19 under. Really, really bad putt on that was, the that second was hole. That was tough. But he he played the par fives and even par the first two days, which is like five over. Yeah. So like, if he does anything there, he wins by like three. Yeah. I mean, and then like he missed a very makeable putt. I think start of the back nine today, and and. I don't know. I feel like Leash, Leash is trending. He's been especially a, going to the West Coast swing. He was in a dark place four, five, six months ago, and he's he's back, baby. Should try to get an early Riviera bet for Leash. Shout mm. out to Michael Kim making the cut yeah, for the first time that? in two years. Um, hadn't hadn't made a cut since I believe Safeway in 2018. Is that right? Like just can't miss guy coming out of college and that's wild. Just like two. I, I can't over exaggerate this. Two full years of just missing every cut. Uh, like every cut. every one of them, or or it's a no cut event and you're finishing almost last, really really bleak. And tried to look into kind of a little bit of what's been going on with him. It's hard to find too much information. A couple thoughts, like maybe I don't know if he's kind of growing into like almost a different type of golf swing and figuring out how that works. And it's just uh, it's really it's those stories blow me away, man. That that's a long two years in the wilderness of I, I was I always think about this every year at Sony where half the field. You're coming out of the holidays. You're building your schedule around like, okay, I need to literally fly to the middle of the ocean to Hawaii. Now I'm going to play two practice rounds. I'm going to, oh, man, I got to do this, that, blah, 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 blah. It's just going to be a whole thing. And then oh, I missed the cut and I don't make any money. Like that's a that's a big investment. Imagine doing that for two full years. Hmm. It's it's crazy to think about what someone like that's been going through. So uh, I don't know if he would want to ever come on the pod to talk about that. I think it would be fascinating. Or if somebody could track him down, write a little magazine piece or some sort of longer form thing on what that's been going on because that all credit to him for grinding it out man that's that's awesome to see someone like that break through and actually like make a cut 
Maybe the most forgotten podcast guest in No Laying Up history, Michael Kim. He's Play the on players. DJ the players. DJ Regressier. No, yeah. no. Like it, to tell this story, I, you're right. Yeah. Like it, we, you know, we could use an update, but we went to the players in 2017. We didn't even have microphones, <laughs> and we got set up with a room there, and we had no idea who was walking in the door next. So you had no preparation, and you, oh, you, it's this guy <laughs> again. Hey man, hey how you hey, doing? Hey, How's man. your fam? You, hey, the man. guys didn't walk in with name tags, so it was kind of like for, we were doing this part time. I'm not gonna say I knew every single player in the players field they would just come in like we would be recording and doing a podcast i remember and, talking to michael kim about and, playing the the um he played the walker cup at i think national i don't know i just remember talking to him yeah. about that for like 10 minutes <laughs> he uh possibly a podcast bump into winning the fifth major that's right yeah. the john deere um hideki matsuyama shot a 28 to make the cut god I'm sorry so pie man. Close. i had him in my bets this week to miss the cut he was outside the cut line after 27 holes then which speaking of did you take brennan Steele? no to win did, who did, did randy i don't know that's one of us took speaking Steele of to make win. miss i was worried about cuts, that randy picking uh russell henley to, to miss, miss the, the cut, cut seemed really really reckless question speaking of cuts charles Howell. wait i want to get in on hideki here there's a reason i bring this up because we have uh negative 3.8 strokes game putting this week 68 out of 73 in the field or if i'm going to ask that's you with, guys that's with a 28 correct <laughs> correct so i'm going to ask Where you he guys probably made a couple putts of the last 26 events that hideki has played in how many events how many tournaments did he finish with a positive strokes gain putting? Out of the last 26. So last season and this season. Four. Two. Six. And a couple of those are like, my, like this week is minus 3.8. Like we're talking, some of them are minus 10. Even when you watch him, his grip feels, it just feels very uncomfortable. It feels so technical. Yeah. It's very, yeah. There's no, there's no touch there. It doesn't, you just see in his hands are like one big mass on the putting, on the grip. It's not good. Guys, I got a segue there. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it though. Colin Morikawa. I knew you were. He had to. good, <laughs> decent overall putting stats this week. Again, he, he has a shitload of seven and eight footers. I get it. The stats say one thing. But listen, he's not passing the TCI he missed, test. He missed a two foot eleven inch putt on fifteen in the first round this week. Anecdotal. This is anecdotal evidence, and I'm I'm kind of here for it. TC. That's not anecdotal at all. It's he missed a two foot eleven inch putt. That's statistical. And How was he doing on those for and, the year? And had a three foot eleven inch putt coming back. How is he on three footers for the year? What do the stats say? I don't know. I haven't haven't looked. He's a hundred percent. Those numbers. Hundred percent coming into this week. Yeah. We're so early in this. But he's terrible from from four feet and five feet this God, year. I right? I knew you were gonna fall right in the trap. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, I got all the stats ready. So I was digging into him the other night because Will Knights is preparing a formal apology. <laughs> to me. So what do you think? TC's got his own stats. Yeah. What do you think he was like last year for the year? He's on, so he's super streaky. On putts like, between three and five feet, where do you think he ranks on tour? I don't know. I mean, I think like it's 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 interesting. It's uh he was seventy fourth last year. Okay. Better than tour average. Okay. Difference between him and the guy in first is twelve missed putts from that range over the course of the season. Okay. Those could be big putts though. Could be. What is he for the year on putting? This year for yeah. the year strokes game yeah. putting? I'd have to look that He's up. like 230th. It's not good total stats this year, yeah. but also from fall to this point is a complete crapshoot because there's no shot. There's always no shot link Correct. tournaments. It, the measurements are are tough to tell. All, all I'll say is is he was might be right. I'm hearing he missed a couple shorties last week, and, and he's very streaky. Like so, he goes through these really good streaks. Like PGA, he was nails last year, and it was great. And then uh, last week he missed a couple shorties. 
this week he missed two putts of he missed two about six footers coming down the stretch this week. Finished three shots shy. Like it's like he he should be in a playoff. A lot of people week, miss right? six footers. I don't know. I don't know what six footers are. I don't know what that's I telling think us. If what, you're a positive strokes game putting and missing a couple of six footers, I your stats obviously don't lie. But it, he reminds me a little bit of what we were saying about Mickelson a while back, where it's like that's well, Hideki too. He hits it like so he misses all these short God, putts. He misses, like, yeah, but he hits like, it you just so feel, close. I just feel like I always see him missing those putts. It's like, well, he just has a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And so like, yeah, the numbers work out where he just misses. It looks like he there's, misses. There's more. a lot of other people who are hitting it to 40 feet yeah. and then lagging it to a foot and a half and making it. And yeah. Like, yeah. I he guess you'd rather have more so birdie close. chances. <laughs> it's, it's so even if you're close. not making it. Speaking them of some weird putts, like, not, not blasted a couple by. How about the, the one on 17? Today. That was wild. Yeah. He's also very direct with his golf ball. He's like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, he like, hits it with a, with a halt sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we stopped the steal. That was. That was I. You got me good with that one. <laughs> I mean, guys, Brendan Steele. I just I can't do it. Yeah, he's not not my tempo. He he's, seems he's a death panel uh, candidate. In my a, opinion. Everybody who's ever met him says he's the the nicest guy on the PJ Tour. It's just That's it's, fine. it's dude, tough to it's watch. Like it's just yeah. just yeah. so we, oh, dude, I, just to make sure. Can you explain the death panel just for somebody who might be a new listener? <laughs> Great point. Just dog. to be Great clear, point. that's good looking at. Death panel is not literal. It's <laughs> this is a proprietary system TC and I came up with years ago. Yeah, it's it's that basically. Still hasn't been enacted by the you, cowards that are running the game. <laughs> Which we're, we are overdue for another commissioner for a day pod. Um, I got a long notepad already yeah, started yeah. on my phone. But it's it's basically like, are you bringing stuff to the table or are you taking stuff off the table? And Cameron Tringale, for instance, he's been on tour for what, like 10 years? He's never won. He's not selling tickets. He's a super nice guy. But like, yo, like shit or get off the pot. Right? So the... the proposal is that we there would be a panel of people that could convene and and basically tap these people on the shoulder hey, you're and be out. like listen man like the object objectively just, you're in but like, yeah you're not it's sorry you're out i don't know what to tell you you're out which just just and the uh, panels changed a lot over the years as well <laughs> just be, between it's calling him blood, the, the king you know. of spades and the death panel just wanted to get the clear definition of what we meant king, out there. king of clubs king of clubs yeah, yeah i think uh, Neil, you you had a Peter he's Malnati definitely take? The, he's definitely on the monkey bars. I'm, I'm joining the movement. Malnati stinks, man. <laughs> he brings he 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 makes me a visceral feeling of like, man, fuck that guy. And it, you nailed it. He's he's Brian he's, from Tchotchke from office from space. office space. Hey, wait, can I get you some shrimp poppers, extreme fajitas? Hey, you ah, another case of the Mondays. <laughs> get a room. Get a room, you two. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, man, Malnati's the nicest guy. You'll Probably he's so is. positive. You, know, you hear him in the interviews. He's like, oh man, you know, I'm like that was like. Three over, and then I was like, "Oh man, we, my game feels good. I just got to start putting better." Ah. The problem is, I I agree with everything you're saying, but it's like, man, would you rather have him just be like depressed and bummed out? Like, <laughs> that's just, probably not right. Like, at least he, I think he's missing on the right he's side. Just, no, right? He's, he's too comfy. Side. He's missing on the high side, but I also agree with everything it's you're saying. Too so early. It's, in it's this, a tough. It's one. like I haven't had my coffee yet this season. He's, yeah. yeah, he's too like, well, no, season. he's just he's got that too comfy syndrome. It's a very what else is on, man? Like, I, yeah, what, it's like, yo, man, who else you got? It's yeah. like you know, you know what it's like. It's like Chandler from last night at the at the Atlantic Beach barbecue. Oh God, God. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that one offline. <laughs> Tough service situation last night. It basically the Just guy would, too the, comfortable. The guy would come up to the table and like instead of like ensuring we had silverware, like it, like getting the basics. Then you can talk all you want. We'll have all the conversations. You seem like a really nice guy. But like if I don't have silverware, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> And just would say what could be said in 20 words, he would say in 400. And it would on repeat every visit to the table. It was, it was tough. We had a nice evening out, though. But 
With that, you guys got to wrap it up. <laughs> I, got a, with that, I, got, I got some more stuff here. We got. I would just close. Come real on, quick wrap with, it up, TC. Uh, if anyone has any good solutions for potential death panel candidates, I think Tron and I have. In our commissioner for a day pod, I think we'd be taking nominations. Is that right? Yeah. I feel like Brandel used to be on the panel. I think maybe he's. No, yeah, he's, he's off. He's off now. We need to at some point. We I have in the notes to get to his article that we're going to discuss his article. He finally put his thoughts in writing on the uh, on the distance debate and. <laughs> Tough scene. Didn't do a great job of it. We were gonna go break that down uh, at some point. Whenever, whenever one of these week wrap ups doesn't take uh, take us this long. A couple more things. Keith Mitchell, no more Nike. He looks so much better. He looks so much more natural now. He just should never have been a Nike guy. The visor fits him well. He does. He is living his best visor life. God, what else we got? We I got... was jar. I was jarring to see Russell Henley not wear Nike, wearing the Titleist dad hat. That was Nike. Did, that didn't back. feel. That yeah. didn't feel. Right. Nike kind of, yeah, Nike might have enacted their own death panel with some guys. It looks yeah. like. We, we may need to get some best practices. Yeah, we might <laughs> do a lunch and learn with the team from Nike. Uh, in response to JT's comments, Nike dropped their entire tour staff. <laughs> uh, Out of respect for Mr. Palmer, <laughs> like Hanma. <laughs> That's right. That was the best thing of, of last year. DL3 going fishing and them throwing up the graphic. That was, <laughs> funny shot. That was sweet. Neiman and Sergio. They continue to be mentor, mentee. We'll, we'll monitor that very, situation. Very, very cool. They speak the same language. Yeah. And then um, back on the LPGA front, I think we've got a we've got a young hitter announcement. Oh, that's right. This week. Uh, Madeline Sagstrom is joining the squad. How about that? So, I didn't know we were announcing that tonight. Now I'm all I didn't either. Up. <laughs> I just felt like it, you know? Welcome to the team, Madeline Sagstrom. We're going to be on her bag this week at the Diamond Resort. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I believe we'll be on her bag and we'll towel and... Um, Look for her in upcoming content. We did the Winter Park video with her last year, and she's just awesome. So that's a great. What a great way to wrap this up. If if I may, go ahead and put a bow on this. So thank you, boys, for the time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we will be back uh, with an interview pod coming out Tuesday night, and then we'll be back to wrap up next week. A lot of golf this coming week. We'll be back to wrap it up next weekend. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.